hello, hello, and welcome to the Inglorious Pastors Podcast, where we talk about spirituality, news, and how Vermont is finally on board. <laughs> welcome. Thank you, Vermont. My name is Michael Basinger. With me are Matt Polly. Hello. Brad Polly. Howdy, howdy. And together we are the Inglorious Pastors. So, uh, yeah, we are now in fi- all 50 states. So, good news. Fantastic. And 53 countries. Yeah, buddy. Um, so we're pretty, pretty stoked about that. Um, just a quick update, um, little announcement right off the head. Um, head? right off the head. Yeah, I don't think that's I don't the same. Right off the top. That's, right a, the that's top. a Michael original. Yeah. The, right off the, <laughs> the old totem pole. Um, what the hell was that? Um, so, uh, <laughs> right, here's the announcement. Our 40th episode is going to be live on Facebook. Yes. Um, so go and like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash pastors podcast. Um, November 16th, 7 p.m. Eastern, we will be answering your questions. If you've got any questions, what I'm going to ask you to do is email us at ingloriouspastards at outlook.com. Um, and then we'll, we'll answer as many questions as we can in a lot of time. Also, we'll be, we have an outlook site. Yeah. That's that's classy. Yeah, not, it's not a site. It's just a well. I know an email. Outlook. It was either that or Hotmail, one or the other. I'm still using. <laughs> By the way, in case you're wondering, Michael is the only person on Earth still using a Hotmail. I am using email. Hotmail. Uh, my wife has Hotmail still. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's where it's hot. I've tried to get her. To, <laughs> I've tried it? to get her to move to Gmail. She it's, won't do it. It's still still bumping in the <laughs> Hotmail for all your hotmail. 1995 email yeah. needs. It's the same email address I had when I was a teenager. It's an. Un- <laughs> we're not going to give it out, but it's a very unfortunate. <laughs> Mine's terrible. My Gmail is terrible. Mine's yeah. my Hotmail is awful. Here's here's a rule thumb never create an email address when you're a youth pastor just don't yep. just don't yeah. even have one because yep. when you inevitably quit from burning out mm-hmm. you're gonna regret it that's part of the reason i got a gmail is because my <laughs> hotmail is so terrible i actually have another less embarrassing gmail account that i would use on like resumes and yeah. stuff oh yeah i have like <laughs> fake email addresses yeah, that funnel too. into my hotmail yeah. <laughs> like i have the official ones that i use that i put on like job <laughs> resumes and stuff like that um but uh, yeah, we've got an Outlook. So, <laughs> Inglorious Pastards at Outlook.com. E. Yeah, Pastards with an E. Yeah. Yeah. Good call. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, what are we drinking? We've got a couple things. Um, we're all kind of drinking the same yeah. thing. So, I'm going to have Brad talk about one and Matt talk yeah. about the other. Okay. Uh, we're sharing a big bottle of Three Philosophers Quadruple Ale from Oma Gang Brewery in Cooperstown, New York. This is one of my favorite beers. Um, it is uh, a Belgian style mm. uh, ale, also uh, mixed with a cherry sour, uh, and so you get a little bit of the cherry Ooh, on the back it's end. Really good. It's just really it's nice. It's like a nice um, cherry cigar, almost a little smoky. Is it? Yeah. Okay. Well, that's if that's how your palate handles it. Yeah. Uh, no, it's it's great. Yeah, and it's good. also nine point seven percent alcohol, so you definitely get yeah. your money's worth. Yes, it's very good. Yeah. Uh, our other beer comes from our dear friend Zach in California from Bros Bibles and Beer. Yes, is it? I think it's Beers Bibles and no, Bros. it's uh, Bros Bibles and Beer. No, I think Bros is last. No, no I think you're absolutely one hundred percent wrong. Yeah, it's definitely Bros Bibles. Uh, I'm going to fact check. Anyway, that. okay, you go ahead and fact check that. And prove yourself wrong. <laughs> yeah, while you're doing that, it yeah. is Bros Bibles. Yeah, and beers. thank you. Yeah, you're right. Gosh. At Bros Bibles yes. Beers dot, uh, on Twitter. Anyway, anyway, so also a. Uh, He's also a uh, uh, turd. <coughs> yes, he is. He's, he's, in, he's in the pub. He's yep. in the pub. Uh, so he sent this uh, beer he made. Uh, he brews his own beer. 
because uh, that's what you do in California, I guess, in between surfing and uh, laying out in the sun, I guess. Yeah, I that's all they podcasts. do in, in creating podcasts. Um, Getting in high-speed car chases. Yes, or <laughs> slow speed in uh, OJ's case. So. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Uh, I made this beer. Love to know what you think of it. As I'm looking to start into starting a brewery someday, uh, we are looking for work. Uh, in a couple of years when you do that. So just give <laughs> yeah, us a, I was going to say, if you need uh, some guys to move out there <laughs> and uh, help start that up, I'd it's, love to learn the process. It's a strong ale brewed with brown sugar, lots of hops, citra, and cascade to be exact, with plenty of malt to balance it out, so it's not a bitterness factory like, we, like you. <laughs> he addressed this to me. So. Uh, it would have it been a borderline double IP had I not added the brown sugar. Share with your pastors in crime or not. I did share... We haven't even tried this yet. No, so it's seven and a half ABV. I literally just took a sip. And Damn 60, it, Michael. 69 interna- international bitter units, so. All right, yeah, ready? ready? Yep. All right. It's very good. Oh, damn. I like the brown sugar. Oh, wow, yeah. That's, that is super drinkable. Wow, yeah. Oh, that's really nice. You can really get the brown sugar. You do, but you also get a little mm-hmm. bit of that hot bitterness. A little that's bit. That's really good. Yeah. And the malt, like the malt's really good, too. I'll take oh. a six pack set. Yeah, that. seriously, send, yeah. send more. That was that's, uh, uh, that's really nice. Yeah, that's really good. Yep, it kind of reminds me of like a hoppier English ale. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. yeah. When I send my resume to him, I will not use the uh, the <laughs> hot meal. <laughs> I'll use the other one. No, damn, that's really good, yeah, that's man. Really that's really uh, good, and that's not just us blowing smoke up your ass. That's really, really good beer. Yeah, that's good. Mm. Yeah, we figured you knew beer, so that would. That oh, would, man, it would make sense great. that you would make yep. a good one. You wouldn't send us garbage. No, so. that's good stuff. Man, I really like. I God, yeah. I always say I want to get into like home brewing. It's a pain, man. It's expensive. It seems like a lot of work. It is expensive, but it's uh, it's a lot of work. And if you anything goes wrong, you're screwed. Yeah. 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 Well, he did a good job. Yeah, yeah. that's really good. Thank yep. you, Zach. For Thank that. you very much. And anything else you want to send to us, we're willing to try. Yeah, for any you. of your styles, we'll be here. We'll <laughs> critique those. Yeah, this uh, round is literally on the Bastards <laughs> Pub. Um, uh, support us on Patreon. Uh, One dollar gets you in the pub. Things that we discussed this week in the pub were um, we had a special news feed item last week with a video. We've been talking about Golden Girls, mugs, and action figures. <laughs> We had a state of the podcast. Not sure that's a selling point, but whatever. (laughs) Um, We we talked about what it's like to drink with Matt. Um, Yes, we did. Talked about uh, racist and homophobic bumper stickers. Um, And then um, we had a music Monday. And also some uh, just more personal things that people yeah. share. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't so. really feel No, I know. I'm just saying like Yeah. <laughs> yeah let's just just I just don't want people to think it was airwaves. just a bu- I just don't want people to think it was just a bunch of like tri- racist bump dumb conversations like no. it actually was like Yeah, had church a lot is of really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um yeah, it's so been a lot of people added recently in the last week or so, last yeah. two weeks. Yeah, so uh yeah, get in the pub. Um now we're going to go into the news feed. No. Yeah. Are we doing news feed first? Oh, we are. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. That's what we. It's. It's. I'm sorry. It's, I apologize. I don't know which right. beer to drink. Now. I don't know. Both. Really I'm gonna good. knock. I'm gonna knock Zach's out first. Yeah. It's really good. This one is for Brad. So I recorded that last week, and I shared it on the uh, Pastors mm. Pub as a joke. And Brad was like, "Nope, we're not doing it. Nope, we're not oh, doing it." Oh boy! 
And I just told about Matt, did a spit take right there. And I, I told I Matt beforehand, I said, I'm going to play this and not run it by Brad. Oh, that was so good. That was literally perfect. could not have timed that any worse. Mm-hmm. Oh, so great. That oh, was great. Um, wow. That song is horrific. By it, the is way. Really it is terrible. really, it's really, really bad. Now that I hear it, like while we're doing this, it's freaking it's terrible. Even worse than we it's thought it was. Worse, yeah, that's why we should use it. <laughs> no. It All right, shouldn't. into the news feed. What do you guys got? Uh, go ahead, Matt. Okay, uh, I just have w- I have a picture to show. It's not really a story; it's just a picture. <laughs> My favorite kind of news feed. Yeah, uh, it's from LaughingSquid.com. Uh, woman and her Irish wolfhound dressed like Wayne's World characters for Halloween. Oh, nice! You just need to see this picture. It's pretty fantastic. I saw that today. It's amazing. Wayne's World. <laughs> I love that the dog is for what gigantic. Dog yeah. actually looks exactly real. Yeah. Looks like he's smiling. And it looks like it looks like Garth <laughs> Algar. Yeah. Why is that dog so big? Is it well, just an Irish? Just, it's yeah, an Irish wolfhound. They're huge. Sheesh! But it's got an, <laughs> the dog has an Aerosmith T-shirt on. Like it's. It's pretty comical. And we will have that posted um, on Twitter yes. and Facebook. Uh, so my actual news feed uh, comes from BuzzFeed, so take it for what it's worth. Uh, 23 mind... Bl- I'm not going to read all 23 of these. 23 mind-blowing facts that almost sound like lies. So I'm just going to read a few of these, just ra- just random facts. Uh, doves and pigeons are basically the same animal. Did you know that? Doves uh, and pigeons. One's cleaner because it's white. <laughs> Is that racist? Is that how that works? Is that no, because it's the color is white. <laughs> Let's hold on. This oh is going to be fun watching him dig his oh way out gosh. of this one. Go ahead, Michael. Go ahead. <laughs> Let's mean, all, that, this uh, this is Michael digging himself out of a hole. <laughs> brought to you by the pastors. <laughs> Come on, Michael. Do we have a digging sound we can make? <laughs> how about a train derailing? I can't can we, even. Can I literally can't even. I'm not even. I'm, I I surrender. I <laughs> take it. I take it all back. Oh I'm God. not even. We actually made him shut up. Yeah. Yes, we did. Yeah. So God. okay, <laughs> mark it down, baby. That's a record. Oh gosh, uh, I can't, number I can't, two. I got nothing. Uh, it's possible to use sign language with an accent. What? Yeah. Hmm. Well. If you grow up using one sign language, then learn a different sign language. You'll sign with an accent. So, oh. uh, the filling in between the wafers in a Kit Kat, okay, is other Kit Kats. What? It's the imperfections. Really? They mash them up and use them as a filling, so it doesn't generate well, waste. But there's no chocolate in there. Is, is there chocolate Yeah, in there's that? some chocolate mm-hmm. in there. A little bit, yeah. Mm-hmm. A little bit. Mm-hmm. Yep. Inception. Uh, Kit Kats. Inception candy. Yeah, they're pretty good. That's a, that's a top fiver for me. Yeah, Kit Kats? Good. Yeah. It's yeah. a wafer with chocolate on it. Yeah, it's, it's awesome, good. though. It's Especially if you put them in the fridge. Yeah. Man. Oh, I've never had them. Yeah. Fridge. Yeah. You're missing out. Do you know what's really good in the fridge? Uh, Little Debbie zebra cakes. Put it in the uh, freezer. freezer. Really, yeah. like anything. Ding dongs too. Yeah. Really, like uh, Twinkies. Any, yeah. yeah, anything. Reese's cups. Oh my god. Yeah. Oh, I need a Reese's cup in the freezer. Like right um, now. I'm Walmart, more of a fridge guy than a freezer guy. But. Walmart sells um, uh, the deep, deep fried, fried Twinkies. Twinkies. See, here's the problem with that. I can't. Do it's it. not going to be the same as no. like an actual because they're deep fried, fried and then you're going to reheat them. Yeah. 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 Don't do that. Uh, okay. Moving on. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> We Can't. just wait. That was actually our best segue ever into fat pastures. Yes, yes. We uh, we see, use, and drink the same water that the dinosaurs did. Okay, so well, you're, yeah, I can. You're see drinking that. dinosaur piss, yeah. essentially. Well, you know, uh, well, we're made of six dinosaurs. flags. Six Flags theme park is named that because six different countries' flags have flown over Texas. Really? Spain, France, Mexico, the Republic of Texas, the Confederacy, and the United States. I did not know that. There you go. I didn't yeah, even I didn't know either. Six Flags was out of Texas. I mean, I knew there yeah, was six I mean, flags in Texas. Huh. Do you know platypuses are poisonous? I think it's is this part of the news feed? Why are we doing this? Isn't it? Platypi? It's my news feed. It's just random facts. Platypi, isn't it? Platypi. Perry the platypus. I think it's platypus. Yeah, don't at me. Yeah, they Perry the platypus is awesome. Don't at me. Oh, I don't know. Who that they is. can what? Whoa, whoa, really? Finishing fur? Are you kidding me? 
I don't have cable. It's one of the greatest cartoons. It's so good. It is so great. I've Uh, heard about it. I've seen t-shirts and stuff. Anyway, they they have a poison spur on their foot. Oh. Do you not know that? I've heard that before. I did not know that. Okay. Let me see. You'll never know your your own voice, what your own voice sounds like without recording it. Because it well, sounds different to other people. Yeah, that's true. That's why I generally hate listening to these because of yeah. having to hear myself <laughs> talk. That's ex- actually why I hate listening to it. Well done. That's just right over the plate. Yeah, it really was. Um, just lobbed that one up yeah. for him. Uh, the world's largest camel, wild camel population is in Australia, not in the Middle East in or the, the Sahara. Probably him. Yeah. No, it's in it's in <laughs> freaking downtown <laughs> Sydney. Yeah, downtown yeah. Sydney. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go to the opera house. That's a camel. <laughs> Hi. Is it Wednesday yet? I'm just going to stroll down to the harbor. Maury. Maury, do you need anything? Mm, hey, hey, Mike, Mike, Mike. <laughs> Something. Um, you can always see your nose. But you just don't always notice it. Yeah. I I always, I sometimes I think about that. I cannot see my nose. You don't always notice Well, you that. have glasses on, too, so that's. You good. can't see your freaking nose. It's right there in front of your face. Cross. I can't cross my eyes. You can't look down at your nose. I can't cross my eyes. You can't look down at your nose, though? That's not... <sighs> Son of a bitch. Nope. Are you serious? No, seriously. Look, look all the way nose. to the other side. Look look to the corner. You can't see your nose? Out no. Of your... Nope. Oh, come on. No, I don't. Seriously. Yeah, j- just for you <laughs> listeners who've never seen Brad's face, he has a very tiny baby nose. <laughs> he doesn't, but that just sounds funny. <laughs> I can I see that's going I, down as a hat. I really <laughs> love how much how much joy that brought you. Uh, just, uh, it, I mean, I'm just imagining somebody at home who's never seen a picture of you. I'm just like, <laughs> I'm a cute little button nose on an adult man with a beard. Know, it looks a little more. It looks like Voldemort's uh, snake nose. That's what my nose looks like yeah, a little bit. Yeah, yeah, it kind of does. <laughs> no, it actually does. No, you're right. Okay, so uh, there's an entire book that doesn't contain a single letter E. Are we still doing this? Yeah. Okay. There's a what? Okay, an entire book written in French that does not contain a single letter E. Well, it's French. They don't know what they're doing. <laughs> they still have an alphabet. Mm. Uh, we know next to nothing about our oceans. Uh, yeah, the I Earth is 70% yeah. covered in water. We've explored less than 5%. Yeah, it's yeah, amazing. We've explored more of the moon than we have of our own planet. Yeah. Uh, this is the last one. I really like this. Oh, t- two more. Uh, all of the planets in the solar system could fit between the Earth and the moon if you line them up. Hmm. I cool. believe it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you, that'd be pretty close together. But right. You, yeah. but, and uh, there's like 5,000 miles to spare, too. Hmm. So, uh, And then finally... Could you walk it? Could you <clears> walk 5,000 miles? <laughs> 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 that was pretty good, actually. It's actually 500 miles. Yeah, it is. It's the worst it. song ever written. It is terrible. <laughs> I know. I almost... Gotta hate that of. song. That, like, if somebody... Add, if, if pressed, if somebody had a gun to my head, just like, name the worst song you on Earth, that would probably be the first one that would pop into my head. Or the Friends theme. Yeah, they're both pretty. I don't know though, but or a cover of the Friends theme that I used <laughs> to do whenever I was in, uh, in, in pu- when I was puppetry, doing puppetry, and then we did a, a cover of the Friends theme. That's he'll, gonna be the title. He'll be that's there actually, for you. That's actually gonna be. Oh God! That's actually that's terrible. actually gonna be the title of Michael's memoir. What? Huh? What? Uh, when I was doing puppetry, <laughs> <laughs> the story of Michael Basinger. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think we've covered the puppetry on, on the on the uh, podcast. And then finally He'll be there for you. And then finally, uh, uh humans are basically born fearless. <laughs> We're only born with two fears, uh falling and loud noises. We learn everything else. Loud noises. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what we're yelling about. <laughs> anyway, that's falling all I got. And loud noises. Yeah. You you learn all your other fears, which somewhere along the way I learned to be afraid of snakes because I fucking 
fucking hate him. I do. Oh, I saw <laughs> one while I was mowing the grass last you week. Should've. Did you mow over it? No. It Why was, not? It was so fast and it went into the weeds. Yeah. I would have mm-hmm. burned my property to the ground. Yep. I'd have moved. <laughs> yep. I've never seen a big snake. At, I'm probably I've only seen like the little garden variety. I, uh, it's too big. Snake jokes. It's <laughs> a good one. That's yeah. good. Yeah. That's good, Michael. Yeah. Literally <laughs> three people are laughing at that right now. <laughs> yeah. I'm, um, not, I'm not one of them. Uh, so can I do my news feed now? Yeah, yeah yes. go for it. Yeah, yeah. Only reason, I've got video with this, and I know that's dumb, but the audio, you don't even need the video. Okay. So there's this jackass guy that goes around named Coyote something, Jefferson or something, and stings himself with like these highly painful stings of like bugs and shit. Oh, man. So there's video of him getting stung by what's called a tarantula hawk. It's basically a gigantic freaking wasp. And when I say gigantic, I mean huh. this thing's probably two inches long. It's called a tarantula hawk. So the reason it's called that, these things will sting a tarantula, which paralyzes it, so they can then deposit eggs into it. The eggs then hatch inside the tarantula, and the wasp eats it from the inside out. When that... a man loves a woman. So if that's not... <laughs> 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 it was also Michael's wedding night strategy. Yep. <laughs> Thank you very much. Yep. Sorry, Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't think I've ever seen Matt laugh this time before. Even when he's drunk, he doesn't laugh this time. No, hard. he usually doesn't. <laughs> oh, my God. Anyway... So, I'm gonna I'm gonna hold this so people can hear the audio. I'm gonna hold this up to the microphone. So this is him. You know, you could have just sent this to me, and I could have played it. Yeah, it's That's fine. Right. But the video, you've got to fast forward about ten and a half minutes into the video to get to the point where he actually stings himself with this thing. I won't even play the whole reaction because it goes on for a good three or four straight minutes. But uh, here's uh, here here we go. This is the most nervous I've ever been. To take a sting or bite from anything. My hand is shaking. Look how big that thing is. Are you guys all ready? Oh, yeah. I'm ready. If you're ready. I'm ready. I'm God. Ready. Okay, here we go. I'm Coyote Peterson. Coyote Peterson. And I'm about to oh. enter the sting zone with the tarantula hawk. Go for it. One. Two. <laughs> here we go. Three. Wait for it. So, so, so it goes on and on like that. So that thing has the second most painful sting in the insect kingdom. Why does he do this? He's done like the top ten. I actually saw where the... Did he get, I, where did he get stung at? On his forearm. Oh. So this is where he does them in the forearm. I actually watched the third one. This was a couple weeks ago. I actually almost used it as a newsfeed piece a couple weeks ago called the Cow Killer Wasp. Oh, my gosh. And it hurt for 30 minutes. Like it was like a sustained 30-minute oh, pain. Wow. I guess this one is like four or five minutes, but it's like so freaking intense. He was like about to pass out. Like if you watch the rest of the video, 
He's like that. So when he's screaming, but for people that couldn't see it, he's writhing yeah, on the on ground, the ground. Yeah. like in pain. Like the camera is just like, "You're right." <laughs> like just like no <laughs> urgency whatsoever. And he's just like, "Stop!" Stop! <laughs> <laughs> you, right? <laughs> so yeah, the uh, tarantula hawk. Um, so we'll post that one. Watch the video. Fast forward to ten and a half minutes in. Uh, to get to that part, and then it's another four minutes of hilarity as he rides around. I, you know, I don't feel sorry for the guy. No, if you're dumb enough to do that, I, it's like, well, you know, I guess for science and whatnot. But like, <laughs> I guess, for science. like, that's why we do this podcast for science. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, yeah. So uh, don't uh, don't do that. Yeah, don't don't get stung by a tarantula hawk. Yeah. This is what you learned on words, this podcast. Words this to live by. What, what did you guys get <laughs> or, out of that? Or get married. Rob Bell podcast. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Don't get stung by the tarantula hawk or uh, Mary Michael, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Sorry, Sarah. Yeah. All right, so uh, uh, I've got a few. Generic so. joke about a two-inch stinger. There we go. <laughs> Generic joke alert. Um, we need like a like some kind of klaxon horn for generic joke alert. I've got like twenty. Gosh, <laughs> you just wait like three seconds. Two inch stinger. This is this has been. And our, our our sound effect is just Matt going, uh, rim shot. <laughs> Uh, I, I need to make that. I need to make the the soundboard of. of well, hopefully it's as good as the uh, newsfeed music because yeah. that was awesome. If you love the newsfeed music, <laughs> hit us up. Uh, <laughs> or don't. Um, okay, so uh, a couple things. I'm gonna kind of go through quite a bit here. Um, you can now buy pickle juice in a can. So the wait is oh, edible. Oh so God. it's for cocktails. Um, no, no, no. no. Pickles and I can't now. say this. I can't say this strongly enough. Fuck that. Like no, <laughs> it's, it's no, called, no. It's called fine brine. Oh god, this has got to be made it's in Brooklyn. A, it's in a classy <laughs> can. Um, think of a pickled martini or a pickled. Tell Bloody me where Mary. this is made. It's got to be Brooklyn. Um, I don't see where it's made. San Francisco. No, it's got to be Brooklyn. I'm telling you That's right now. Probably not. You, don't how, put pickle juice in a cocktail. Come no. on, man. No. I try it. I mean, just have you ever had pe- pickle juice before? Yeah, I mean, I like pickles. I like, pickles and I like pickle juice. I'm just they like say I drink it. They say it's good for you, like if you have like um, like like a lot of uh, athletes drink it, pickle juice. No, they like don't. Shit. No, they don't. No, nope. no, they do. No, they don't. They no, do. They don't. Yeah, find me evidence of that. But Google it. No, I'm not going to Google it. You Google it because I, you're. I bringing did this. Google it. I did Google it. Um, I don't remember which ones because I'm on the actual article. That's convenient. About what are you, a Trump supporter? <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> facts? Who needs facts? No, they do. They but do Michael it said I, they, there's an urban legend. Many saying, people are saying <laughs> you guys are the fucking worst. No, you know what? You've done this shit to me for like thirty some episodes. It's your turn. Okay, so uh, I'm on a roll, bitch. They do it because they, they, they think it helps with muscle spasms yeah, and cramps and stuff. Yeah, you know what else yeah, does? There's bananas. no scientific evidence that it does. No. <laughs> um, okay. So let me tell you about this guy. And if you is know this, this. Is this still pickle juice related? No, this is, okay. un, this is not pickle juice related. Did you ever find out where that pickle juice was made? I, do you want me to stop the podcast <laughs> so I can look it I'll up? Google. I'll, I'll, it I'll look it up. Google. Okay. God's okay. So if you know the ending of this story, don't spoil it for our listeners. Um, so this this guy his name's Michael Orchard, um, in upstate New York. Um, he his neighbor's house caught on fire. Um, so he went door to door, 
to all his neighbors to basically let them know this house is on fire. Will you come help me call 911? And he decided he was going to go inside the house and try and rescue the family dog. Not, I mean, there are also people like people living there too, not just the dog, but he goes. So he's rescuing the dog and not the people. Yes. So he goes in, wait for it. Uh, He goes in uh, and saves the dog um, and brings it out. And so, um, so he's got the dog uh, and um, he's got it cradled in his arms. And he's on the, on the front lawn, and, and finally... Did it form a C-shape? Uh, finally, the police arrive. Um, come to find out, Michael Orchard um, decided he was going to take some cold med- cough syrup and LSD. <laughs> <laughs> and the fire was imaginary. <laughs> so he broke it. So number one, he, he took his BMW and drove it through the front yard, through the fence. <laughs> Went to every neighbor and told them the house is on fire. Oh. They're like, "What the hell? It's on fire!" So he he drove through the lawn, um, broke into this house, <laughs> took their dog, <laughs> and waited on the front lawn That's until amazing. the police showed up. So um, yeah, so and he what what blows my mind about this whole story <laughs> is he didn't even get arrested for drug use. He got arrest, arrested for third degree chem, criminal mischief. And second-degree burglary. Uh, no drug charges. Huh. As he did not drive on the road. because he just, <laughs> <laughs> just threw the yard in the yep. fence. <laughs> uh, and was not found carrying any illegal substances. So, But he was very cooperative. I'll bet he was. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that's that story. Um, another thing I think we need to touch on, uh, an update <laughs> for our fans. Um, so Ghost Peppers... Uh, oh, I saw they this. They put a hole in a man's esophagus. Yeah, a guy ate uh, uh, a ghost pepper um, with a Scoville rating more than a million, and uh, I guess he, it was in like a, a hamburger that he ate. Hmm. Um, it's a ghost pepper puree. It's so, how how much is the lawsuit? <laughs> Um, it was part of a eating contest. Yeah, this is why. Um, did you have to sign a waiver? This is why restaurants no make people sign waivers before they eat that stuff. He spent 23 days in the hospital recovering from the incident. Jeez, that's an yep. expensive pepper. Yep, 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 yep. Um, and there's one more I think I'm gonna do. I'm a, I'll, I'll save two for later. Wait, but, so, so speaking of hot thing, I had for a reason I brought this up. Yeah. The something he ate the. F- you ever heard of the Four Horsemen burger? Yeah. No. It was on mm-hmm. Man vs. Food. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the, dubbed the hottest burger on the planet. Uh, contains fresh jalapeno, serrano, habanero, and then ghost pepper. Like, huh. cut up on yeah, the burger. Right. Like, yeah. I cannot imagine no. how hot. He ate the whole thing. I yeah, think he yeah. ate that whole thing. Like, I cannot imagine. I mean, what does that next day look like? I don't know. I mean, it's got to be a freaking horror I can't show. imagine it's just one day. Like, I imagine that would wreck God. him for days and days and days. Just yeah, like that. I just, just like to go. Yeah. Just eating that a raw ghost pepper. No. Nope. Yeah, don't nope. do that. Nope. Don't do that. Um, and this one I'm going to use because uh, I feel like it's very time sensitive for the era that we're in. Um, have you guys ever heard of a pumpkin boat? Nope. Nope. So um, this man, um, and it is a thing because if you type in pumpkin boat and Google it, there's tons of pictures. Hmm. Um, this, this guy broke the Guinness World Record um, for how far he made it in a pumpkin boat. It's oh, boat yes. Of a giant, of a pumpkin. giant pumpkin. I have seen this. There's pictures. Yep. It took yeah. him 13 hours, and the great 
pumpkin quest. Um, he made 26 miles. It's like, the, it's, like the, it's like the lamest Charlie Brown sequel ever. <laughs> Linus on the on the pumpkin boat, the great pumpkin boat. Um, yeah, it's a really cool picture, but uh, he was pumpkin paddling. Um, yeah, they literally sit in a pumpkin, yeah. in a giant pumpkin. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. amazing. And he, so, how far did he go? So he so he went twenty six miles, but he was Man. he was shooting for Dude, a smaller amount. That's a long way. So he was in the boat. He was actually in the pumpkin boat, and he got a text from somebody else saying that somebody had already broke. So that, that he thought the world record was eight miles. He got a text while he was in the boat, and they said somebody had broken the pumpkin uh, record uh, just a few weeks before. By fi- and made it 15 miles, so he went 26. So wow, 13 wow. hours in, in a. Pumpkin. I was gonna say That's 26 miles is a long way. Yep, just a uh, pickle one. juice company, by the way, um, Mesquite, Texas. Really, this this huh. particular one stops stop muscle cramps since 2001. Yeah, They've been around since skeptical. 2001. No, this is a new one. This is Gordy's <laughs> Fine Brine. Okay, I don't know. Okay, look up Gordy's fine. Oh my god, do we really care? Yeah, yeah I do. The people want to know, man. I mean, <laughs> we have a we have a waiting public. I'm sure we do. Yeah, it's <laughs> with bated breath. Uh huh. Yeah, they're like, <laughs> just I just want to hear Rob Bell quit talking about pickle juice. <laughs> they don't. They, even, they've already even... phased out. Gordy's pickle jar. Is the, I've no, got it. Gordy's, Gordy's, Gordy's pickle bro- jar is the brand. Is the is the company? Um, I've, I'm almost there. I'm there. Hold on. I'm looking. God, I can't believe we're doing this. Um, you can find it. It doesn't even tell when it started or where it is. About info. God, I'm proud of it. I swear. Um, Wash Washington D.C. Oh, huh. I was wrong. Yeah. Sorry, you know? br- sorry, Brooklynites. Yeah. I'm really yeah. glad we took the time to look that up. Yeah. The yeah, but now you know. But wow, the knowing you know. is half the battle. Yeah, it is. <laughs> um, yeah. So, um, oh, fat bastards. It is fat bastards. Oh, wait, yeah, wait. man. Let me. Um, I totally forgot we were doing fat bastards. So here we go. Fat bastards. Yeah, okay, so we have two uh, mm. two varieties tonight. Yep, of Chewy Chips Ahoy. Ooh, these are birthday birthday yeah. frosting filled. I've oh, had that, these. That awesome. Oh, have you? Yeah, oh, they're, oh, yeah. it's fine. They're, trust me, I can eat the entire package of those I bet right it now. Well, with uh, this with beer, brown sugar sure, beer. With beer. The one over yeah, there. my brown sugar beer is long gone. Yeah, mine so. is too. <laughs> uh, what are we rating these on? Oh, um, I mean, really, Michael? See, Michael really shoves it in his mouth like he didn't even wait. Uh. Man, I don't know. I don't know because it's not really a um, one out of five birthday suits. <laughs> That's enough. fine. That works. I'm more with that. Okay. Uh, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those are ridiculous. That's a four. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's easily a four. Man, those are those are even better in the fridge too. By the way, uh, you got to put chewy them. chips ahoy in a fridge. Uh-huh. They're mm-hmm. the best. What what I like about the chewy chips ahoy is they feel like they're just a little bit uncooked. They're Which chewy. I know, but they're not like something eggy about them. <laughs> eggy? I, yeah. I don't even know what to. I have no response <laughs> he, to that. He's still batting a thousand on getting me to be, just not know how to respond to something every week. <laughs> Do you not? Uh, have you not made cookies before? Yes. Uh, yeah. I know what you cookie put dough. eggs in there. Really? Do you? Yeah. <laughs> raw eggs. This tastes a little bit like raw eggs. Tell me, eggs. Michael, how else do you make? No, it doesn't taste like raw I eggs. I give it a 4.5. Literally at all. 
it tastes like a. Please co- tell me you got the s'mores ones. I got nothing. I against did not. No, there are two. There are the, I, I did get the. I did get the Oreo cream filled. Those ones. are also good. But Have the, you had these two? Yeah. Dang it. the s'mores ones are ridiculous. No, I didn't. I didn't see those. Oh man, crap! I wish I'd seen. Those. No. How, much, how many how many birthday suits did you give? Oh, me? I'm giving a four. That's easily a four. Yeah, these are these are the Chips Ahoy Oreo cream filled. So yep. Oh my god. I give it a three. For those are those are fives. Reason. Those are even better. I gotta. Oh I, get, I have to give it a three for one reason. Not double stuff. <laughs> if it were double stuff, I'd be all on board. Go ahead. You respond. Go ahead. I hate you. <laughs> like, <laughs> I just, I, I just, I <laughs> go double like, stuff or go home, bro. Why these aren't Oreos? They're chips. I give those, I give those a four Oreos. as well. Uh-huh. I think the s'mores ones are a five. You really need to get the s'mores sometime. I'll have to next time. <clears throat> and seriously, go put those in the fridge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're the those best. Those might not, those might not make it through tomorrow. Yeah, they're great. Oh no, once uh, your son gets a hold of them. Yeah, once Lenny gets a hold of those. So, <laughs> he, I bought him a bag of ghost <clears throat> pepper chips again today. So he's uh, currently. Are they in his room? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh Lenny. <clears throat> His man cave upstairs. Yeah, it is. Isn't eating it? chips, playing video games, <laughs> talking to the ladies, I making doubt eye contact. That. <laughs> I asked him. I asked him for a relationship update, and he said that they were making eye contact. <laughs> so, way to go, buddy! Um, all right, so we're gonna go into further up, further in. Um, before I nerd out, let's just say Rob Bell is a speaker. A, <laughs> in case you've never heard of him, just uh, just Google it for God's sake. A New York Times bestselling author, a podcaster, my personal hero. Yeah, and he was Time Magazine. Time Magazine named him as one of the 100 most influential people. Yeah. Um. And we he's a, he's in my top two yeah. most influential yeah. people. Him, Roar Rollins. Yeah, like. Science Mike. I when mean, we when nobody we, nobody, and I think we tell him this. We, yeah, this forewarned. We, we, there's some definite fanboying in this, and we're not apologizing for it. It's at the at end. All. We not at all. Uh, there is not anybody that has formed my faith as much as as Rob Bell's teachings and writings. Nobody. I don't no. think it is, there's I, not I think even a close. All second. of us are right on yeah. board with and, that. And, and you know the whole the whole quote unquote. And if it wasn't, and if well, if it wasn't him, it was people that. He recommended, yeah. Also, and like the whole fanboy thing at the end, like you don't get to sit down with somebody no. who said that kind of influence nope. and not tell them. No, how, we're how not. Important, we're not apologizing for how it at all. Important they were to your life. Yeah. Like yeah. I'm just not doing that. So if you don't like it, I don't really give a shit because <laughs> it was, it was, it was a once, not a once in a lifetime necessarily, Hopefully. but it was a. He did say when we met him again that night at his speaking thing that he would that we could maybe do, we could do it again if he comes back to Indianapolis. That's the hope. Yep. Um, so when we made this podcast, uh, when we were talking about it, when we were dreaming big, we made a list of dream guests. At the very top of that list was Rob Bell. Yeah, we got him within 35 episodes. 36. 36, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's that's craziness. Yep. So we went and ate dinner that night. Like, the three of us went and walked over and ate dinner at a brewery that night and, like... I think I was high for the next like three days. Yeah, I just I was like every time we like, we took a picture with him at the end and like I could not like I look at like it's my cover photo because that's just how I'm gonna be and I really don't care uh, and I keep looking at that photo and just like it's sort of like not even real that we got to talk to somebody that important. <clears throat> yeah, us. and in case anybody's wondering, like you always kind of wonder. I mean, for whether you want to use this word or not, Rob Bell's a celebrity. Okay, 
especially in the faith. He knows Oprah in the faith world. Yeah, and Aaron Rodgers. Like I think at one point in this in the interview, he talks about when he was on stage with the Dalai Lama and Desmond Tutu. Like, so you're on that level <clears throat> at that point. Um, I think a lot of people wonder, like a lot of times, if you've never met somebody, what they're really like in person. Like he's a legit human being. Mm-hmm. Like what he talks about, it's not bullshit. Like yeah. he yeah. legitimately is that way. He like talks he, about it a little bit in the podcast too, how he, like yeah. he needs it to be authentic. Man, and he is, I mean, like even when we saw him again that night, we went and saw him speak that night. He remembered our names. He gave us hugs. Like he's like he's a real person. Yep. Um, we were super freaking nervous yep. beforehand. Mm-hmm. We he, didn't talk about it. Like we swore off even speaking about it to other people. Yeah, people and he, but he instantly put us at ease. Like yeah. instantly. Yeah. Um, so just, we recorded this in a hallway of a hotel, yeah. basically. Yes. Um, we found a, a table. We got there, we met him in the lobby of this hotel, of his hotel in Indianapolis. And <laughs> he goes up, he's like, well, where are we going to do this? It was like, uh, that's a good question. So we, uh, he asked the, uh, front we're desk. We're really good at preparing things. Can we get a, can we get a, uh, conference room? Like, yeah, we can't just give those out. Fair enough. So <laughs> really, because they're being used right we now. We literally just walked down a hallway and found a table with four chairs around it. Yep. And so there is. So some there's some background, background noise. Yeah. And... There's a little bit of background music, a little mm-hmm. bit of stuff. So know that this is us meeting our hero yep. in a freaking hallway. basically a hotel lobby. Yes. Yeah. Yep. So there is a little bit of uh, of background music. Uh, we did send it to Matt Seymour. Uh, he edited the crap yeah, out of it. Thank you Matt. so much, so it, much for that. It sounds so much better. Um, he he did magic, yeah. or as Rob Bell would say, mir- miracles. 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 <laughs> miracles. <laughs> uh, he did the miracles. Mm. Um, so without further ado, here's Rob Bell. First of all, thank you. Thank you. For being <laughs> yeah, my pleasure. Officially. Um, we're very excited to talk Dude, to you. Dudes who fix espresso machines. Yeah. <laughs> you don't get to be on that podcast all Not time. every day, no. <laughs> yeah. no. So you're in Indy to talk at Butler University for spirituality and politics. During one of your Largo shows that you recorded and I bought, <laughs> um, you and Pete Holmes talked about um, the difference between hope and optimism. Yeah, yeah. Especially as it related to politics. Yeah. And, and to quote you, why in our hearts we know Trump is full of shit. That oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. So given our current political climate, can you talk about that a little bit, the difference between hope and optimism for those who haven't uh, had the opportunity to download those shows yet? Optimism is often paired against pessimism as essentially uh, ways of thinking. Are you optimistic or pessimistic? Which yeah. means do you have good thoughts or bad thoughts? Do you think it's going to go okay? Do you think we're all totally screwed? Now, what's interesting in, in the New Testament and the letter to the Romans is the, the St. Paul talks about hope, which he talks about as something that is the result of character suffering. and It's like a character that's formed because of perseverance and suffering, which means a whole bunch of things went wrong. <laughs> and you got left bloody and bruised, but you kept going. Yeah. And it forged something in you. The next time the same thing came along, it, lo- it begins to lose its power. Because mm-hmm. you started something and it, it failed, but the next time you're like, oh, that's, that's the worst that could happen? I could fail? I've already done that. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. Like, and so what happens is hope gets formed, which is different than just are you optimistic or pessimistic about where things are headed. 
So you become enslaved to hope. You just know we'll get through this. I was just um, reading a couple days ago, during the bubonic plague in Europe, there was a very narrow stretch of years there where like a third of Europe, I think 25 million people died. So you have periods in human history when, I mean, think right now if a third of the population died of an illness that we couldn't stop. A third, one out of three. Right. So you have moments in history when everybody were like, is anything going to survive this? Yeah. So, so part of the thing now is electing somebody completely unfit for office like a Trump. First off, we'll be back here in four years. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. And it, it could be horrific or people could get engaged like never before because they realize, wow, if we don't all actually get engaged and vote and march and... This could be bad. <laughs> yeah. So, so you just learn over time that to call things, yeah, that could be really horrible. And it could lead to all sorts of interesting things. Yeah, so, yeah. Sure. so hope is something that gets formed in you. This uh, this question comes from one of our listeners. A uh, number of these questions do, actually. We kind of opened it up on our pub, our Facebook group. <laughs> and I thought this was a very interesting question. It said, what is the joy the Bible talks about because I call bullshit? <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> I think that person means happy, not joy. Joy is an impelling force. Something that's compelling draws you towards it. Something that's impelling wells up within. And so what you'll notice is a lot of people move from ignorance to awareness of just how horrific the world can be. Abuse, rape, Syrian refugees fleeing from their lives. Um, and oftentimes what happens is people become aware of just how fragile the whole thing is, how the whole thing is just hanging on by a thread, how many ways innocent, young, unarmed African-American men getting shot on the sidewalk unprovoked again. Right. And so what it does is it produces a heaviness. We're all totally hosed. So for that person, the idea of joy is a completely foreign, what in light of all this? But in the wisdom tradition, the wise ones are the ones who are aware of this. And what it did is it woke them up to we could all die tomorrow. And that the only proper response to the fragility of life is, well, we might as well enjoy this moment. So I did this event with uh, Bishop Tutu and Dalai Lama. And Dalai Lama has haters. You're going to be like, I've got some haters on Facebook. Dalai Lama has, <laughs> Dalai Lama has some haters, China. Right? Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. And Bishop Tutu had uh, Truth and Reconciliation in Sub-Saharan Africa, which is where a person took a machete and they went into a village and they slaughtered everybody in the village but this one person. Now years later they go back to the village and this person who they killed their wife, husband, kids, mom, dad, this person apologizes to this person. And then there are, this person publicly forgives them for macheting to death their family. And there are a number of documented cases where these people became friends. Yeah. Wow. So this is what Tutu has seen. But when you're with them, you're not struck with heaviness. They're not depressing. They're not like, oh, they're not saying, I call bullshit on joy. Right, right. Because right. they've actually seen suffering. Yeah. yeah. And what it did is produce in them, this thing is so fragile and so holy and so sacred that you treasure it because of just how extraordinary it is. Sure. Someone, so, so when someone's in the most affluent society the world has ever seen, yeah. 
who can order things on Amazon and go to Target and buy whatever it is for under 20 bucks, who has more entertainment, food, transportation, luxuries ever, says I call bullshit on the joy. This is a child of the empire. So I would say to this beloved listener, oh no, it's worse than you think. <laughs> I totally love the fact that you're calling bullshit on a, on a superficial happy. But I'm here to tell you it's worse than you think it is. And that's where the joy is found. You're going to die. <laughs> it's so counterintuitive. <laughs> it just it feels so It seems very Ecclesiastes. Well, actually, I would call Ecclesiastes the wisdom after wisdom. Proverbs is do these good things, you'll have a good reputation. A plus B equals C, causal. So everything your parents told you about how to change a flat tire. Mm -hmm. Great. Wisdom, Ecclesiastes wisdom tradition is for everybody who got totally hosed, who played by the rules and still got hosed. Yeah. When the Bible talks about joy, this beloved listener is confusing joy and happiness. Hey, just be happy. And the problem with lots of religious communities is they, they refuse to enter into the depths of the darkness, pain, suffering, loss, doubt, and tragedy of it. <laughs> and so there are places of a superficial joy where everybody just sings about how happy they are in the Lord, but there aren't places where you can say, I came close to killing my boss this week. And everybody goes, all right, me too. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. 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 So, yeah. so I would encourage this person, no, it's way worse than you think. Yeah, yeah. I, f I feel like I've found any like semblance of joy that I found in my life is because I burned out of ministry years ago. And it was a horrifying experience and lost our house in the process and went through this whole mess that we've, I've talked about on the podcast before the listeners will know. And I've come out on the other end and I've gone, I wouldn't change any of that. Like, it was really terrible. But it has formed me into something where it, I, I'd never thought about, like you said, oh, no, it is worse. Like, there is really <laughs> yeah. bad stuff out there. But you yeah. came out on the other side and you went, oh, I'm here. You're here. I'm still here. And all of the wise ones hit some moment of realization. Oh, wait, I'm here. <laughs> yeah and I'm breathing. Mm -hmm. And I am actually the recipient of this extraordinary gift of life. Yeah. yeah. So what's left but to enjoy it? Um, so you like science, word on the street. You like science. <laughs> uh, I don't know anything about science, but I'm in awe. Uh, this is a totally left field question, uh, but it no is such thing. from one of our, our, our listeners. Um, you believe in the multiverse. <laughs> An infinite chance to get it right. <laughs> Oh my word. Yeah. I don't know if that exists in, in like traditional categories of belief. I find that fascinating. Yeah. Exists in different categories for me. What a, what a fascinating idea. I mean, you think about uh, 500 years ago, somebody being like, hey, the earth isn't the center of the universe. Right. There isn't actually this nice, neat hierarchy of angels and below them are people and animals. That actually the sun is the center. Somebody being like, oh, that's, now that's crazy. Right. <laughs> Actually, we now have some data and measurements. and we're, here's, a, here's something called a telescope. Yeah. So maybe that's one of those. Yeah. So maybe it's not something you can believe in. It either is or it isn't. Does that make sense? <laughs> right. And then that becomes something about discovery. Underneath it all, I would say sometimes the fascination with that is you get infinite chances to get it right, which is... I would argue, I just need some grace. Because <laughs> I have some sense like I need a bunch of sh chances. 
some scientific questions are fascinating because there's actually a, the heart is in there somewhere going, wow, if you had like infinite opportunities to get it right, I could really use that. <laughs> to which I would say grace now is fairly powerful. Sometimes there's all these ways we're beating ourselves up and, and it's actually because we thought we would get it nailed on the first try. Yeah. <laughs> we need to go, where did you get that assumption? Where did you get the idea that somehow you would step into your bodysuit, skin, meat suit, <laughs> and you would like just nail it all on the first try? Yeah. What a weird idea. It is a weird idea. <laughs> now that you put it, when you put it like that, you go, yeah, that's yeah. really weird. But yeah, like you ask people, like, 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 give me some metaphors for how you think about your past. No one's ever like, oh, like an eagle. <laughs> you know what I mean? No one's ever like, oh, when I think about money, sexuality, awkward relationships, give me a metaphor for how you handled all those things in your life. No one's ever like, oh, like a rocket ship, yeah. just taking off with great power and precision. People generally are like... I'm more of a centaur. <laughs> exactly. Or like... I think falling down a flight of stairs on a 10-speed bicycle wearing roller skates, a mouthful of peanut butter right. holding a jar of marbles. Like, that's what it's been like. Yeah, sure. Where did we get this idea that somehow it would just be this effortless glide? I want a t-shirt with that all on it. <laughs> right. It just says life underneath it. Right, exactly. Like exactly, exactly. Yeah. Um, so, what does your personal prayer meditation ritual kind of look like currently? And, and how has it sort of evolved over the years? Besides surfing? Yeah. Um, Up to and including surfing. I spend more time alone than I used to. And there are practices that fill me up. I've, I've observed that for lots of us, there are things that we do. Like if you ask somebody what feeds your soul, I go to that taco place, and then I read Rumi, mm -hmm. and then I sit in silence and stare, stare up at a tree, and then I go surfing. Then I walk the dog, and somehow I become centered, and I stop whatever spinning was happening. And yeah. <laughs> so for me, there are a whole series of things that happen throughout any given day. Um, but but number one, I spend more time alone and in silence than I used to. And that includes sometimes surfing. that's like, and that surfing is actually. I used to think it was a sport, but then I would get out of the water, and feel like everybody would talk about feeling in their practice, like meditation, mm -hmm. prayer, mm -hmm. contemplation. I'd be like, oh, this is the thing everybody's describing. Yeah. And um, there was this Buddhist teacher that I was with who said, oh yeah, it's a moving meditation. The number of people who are like, well, if I take a good run, or if I, mm -hmm. then I'm fine. It's like, oh, <laughs> yeah, that's how it works. Huh. Filled you up, recenters you, grounds you. Walking the dog in the morning, taking my daughter to school is a part of the ritual. Yeah, I guess kind of along those lines, you, you speak in How to Be Here about mantras. Why is having a mantra important? Uh, I would argue because words have materiality. You meet somebody who somebody told them that they're worthless years ago and they're still carrying it around. So, I mean, in Hebrew, the word for word also is the word for thing. <laughs> so the truth is we carry words around with us. Good words, bad words. Yeah. Words have power. They create lives. They attach to us. And, and then words create neural pathways. Somebody has somebody in their life who just keeps telling them they're never going to amount to anything. That forms a neural pathway. Unless they're awake and aware and realize, oh, I, I have to then have some countering words. Right. 
So, I mean, you think about the priest announcing to the congregation, your sins are forgiven. Let's oh. <laughs> play that one over and over, uh, over again. I mean, there's a reason why the liturgy has these times when you pass the peace. Um, we're liturgical creatures. Whether somebody thinks they're religious or not, they're, everybody as a human being is highly liturgical. There are certain things you need to hear because it grounds you, it centers you, it calms you, it heals you. So uh, that I often, everything's ultimately at some level an issue of language and naming. What is, what do I need to hear that will then form some new path, some new pathway? Oh, I need to be reminded this, this is temporary. This is temporary. This is temporary. Would you then argue that uh, the Eucharist is, is, is in that similar vein? Absolutely. Absolutely. Body broken for you, blood poured out for you. Oh, yes. So words have this like framing power to, uh, I was, uh, I don't even know what day it is. What is it, Friday? <laughs> Wednesday. The yoga teacher that I was taking a class from did this thing about, this is where we are today. So go into whatever this pose, whatever you can do, this is where we are today. <laughs> this is where you are today. And she kept repeating, this is where you are today. Because you often, the monkey mind, your brain like wants to judge you, wants to condemn you. You should, be, you should be more limber, you should be more flexible, you should be able to do that, you should be able to do that. Instead of, this is where you are today. This is where you are today. And she said it, it was like this, had this such powerful, had like this framing potency to it. So, I would say that a mantra is, are the words that you tell yourself. And actually one of the practices I do most is, is a journal, a pen and a journal, and I write. And I try to give language to everything happening to me. Yeah. I'm angry, sad, bitter, disillusioned, euphoric. Um, I would really love to see that person be harmed because they harmed me. Um, this problem I've had, it's been going on too long and it's making me really, really, I'm flirting with despair. Um, and that's probably the practice that is most helps me. It's as soon as it's out here, instead of in, yeah. for those of you listening at home, <laughs> when it's deep in your being somewhere, you can't see it, you can't get at it, all you know is it's in there. Yeah. You write it and now it's in front of you spatially, and you get, oh, I'm angry. There. That's what that was. Yeah. Got it. <laughs> um, so there are millions of people around the world that uh, your teachings, that look to your teachings for guidance. Does that responsibility weigh on you? There are? <laughs> yes. There's dozens of us. <laughs> Literally dozens. Wow. It didn't weigh on you until now when we mentioned it? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think about it that way. I think about, I love this work. I can't believe I get to do this work. And so I organize my life so that I can do this work because it brings me great joy. And if it helps others, that's still to me absolutely staggering. So it doesn't, no, it doesn't feel like a weight. But now that you ask that, I do make decisions. It has, there, there has to be integrity all the way around. And you can't say things if you're not headed in that direction. Right. And I've seen people who had like a public presence and then off stage they were actually 
headed in a different direction and that they always live, leave split. No one can sustain that. Or it comes through in the work. The work loses its vitality and potency. Sure. Actually, when I was 28, we started a church. What I noticed right away is there was this thing the institution needed me to say and then there was what was happening in me and what I was learning and where I was growing and where I was going. And I had noticed other pastors who had like a game face. Like this is what the institution needs. Right. Um, because institutions always bend towards self-preservation. Oh yeah. Which involves offerings and paychecks. And repeating things everybody's agreed on, this is who we are. Like I would see somebody who was doing the public game face and then they'd say, oh, you check out this thing that I'm reading. I can't tell anybody, but this thing has blown me away. Yeah. And I remember thinking, I am here to not do that. The part of the work I'm here to do is to be ruthlessly honest with airtight integrity. And I remember thinking, but if you, if you go and learn and grow and you stay on the path, that may or may not lead to institutional stability. Right. You may blow the whole thing up or lose your job. And I remember distinctly in my late 20s, okay, or you may have critics or you might be misunderstood or, or you might get kicked out of a tribe or whatever. Oh, okay. I remember, I remember clearly thinking about that and thinking, well, I'd make that trade any day. Yeah, yeah I think that, uh, <laughs> that is ultimately, looking back, why I burned out. Yes, you were split. I was split, and um, it's taken years to realize that. As you played a role. And I didn't, yes, and I didn't have the courage at the time to, to say what you just said of, I, I'm not going to do that, whatever it cost me. And it ultimately cost me anyway. There's always a cost, right? Right. <laughs> yeah. So it's interesting. Yeah, you might as well be doing. You might as well have your soul, right? <laughs> yeah. Which I've sort of found in the intervening years. Yes. Since. Yeah, you have. Yeah. So you spend a fairly substantial portion of your life being creative and just creating things and various assorted things in all kinds of different areas, and and it seems like the switch is always on for you. Do you ever? What's what does it look like for you to turn the switch off? Uh, it's mostly off. Really. Really. Yeah. I don't work really early in the morning, and by the late afternoon, I'm done. Unless there's something like giving a talk tonight. No, the, the, the key is to turn it off. So that when it's on, it's actually on. And you actually are, are rested, and then the goal is that the tank would be so full that things would be spilling out the top. So... And that goes back to your meditation practices. Fifteen years ago, I was going all the time and and whatever sermon you just heard me I just emptied the bucket right there was no I just told you everything I know <laughs> and now Monday morning I'm gonna have to try to fill that bucket yeah. up again and then and that didn't work so Kristen my wife Kristen and I were like there's this doesn't work so I, I began to shift completely so that my work would be what's spilling all over the top so that just meant completely rearranging everything like I do a, a, a weekly podcast where I'll do 45 minutes to an hour of new content and it kind of spills over out of the top. I make way, way more things than I used to in way less time. My brain, my life, my heart, it's all just more centered and calm. And right. Yeah. What would have taken three weeks doesn't take three weeks anymore. So now when you sit down, you feel like it all just spills out and it... Not that it's easy yeah, it takes to write a, a lot book, of, but right, like, you know what I mean? A, like you have there's a, the, a way, way more flow. Right. And sometimes, yes, and that's all 
for a lot of people, creativity is the thing that's spilling over the top. And if you deal with the larger subterranean levels of your being, your depth, your spirit, those things sort themselves out. But oftentimes people, if you think about architecture, even literal architecture, but the architecture of their life, how they spend their time, the architecture of the soul, what they give their energies to, you, that, that's not a, that, that house can't produce what they're trying to get it to produce. You have to go back to the structure. I'll, I'll meet people who are like, yeah, I had a bunch of complaints on Facebook, blah, blah, blah. And it's like they're trying to, they're telling you why they're frustrated because this thing that they're working is not coming together, but they will also tell you about argument they're having on Facebook in the comments section. <laughs> like, wait, 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 wait. What are you giving your energy to? You haven't said to yourself, this thing that you're trying to make is the thing you're trying to do. And you're all over the place. Your energies are so dissipated and unfocused. Um, and you're worried about this and you're firing away at this person. Well, no wonder your thing isn't coming together. You, you've been talking about wisdom on the Robcast. Mm -hmm. um, there's a huge crossover. I think pretty much everybody that listens to our podcast listens to yours. Hi, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> or if and they you, don't, they should. Yeah. Should and that. you've been talking about uh, going through wisdom, and you mentioned about choosing death or choosing life. Mm -hmm. um, this is a reader question. So how do those of us who've chosen life interact with those who are consistently choosing death? Oh, I know. That's a tough one. And without it sort of dragging us the other direction. Right, right, right. Well, oh, man, what a great question. You have to decide now that you're not going to spend more time working on somebody's issues than they are. <laughs> like you can't be giving more energy to somebody's stuff than they are. At some level you have to surrender others to the divine or else you carry them around with you and people are free to make their own choices. So it's like you have to make peace with freedom. And that's really, really hard. Especially if you have people that you love who keep making really destructive choices. And no one ever told me this, which sometimes, sometimes you can be with them less and less. Because you'll have somebody who's like, well, this is my friend, but you don't have, that's not a friendship. Yeah. That's an odd, toxic, weird thing that used to be something, and now it just kind of wrecks you both. And I'm not saying you bail on somebody because they're not sweet. Fire the bottom 10% or whatever. Right. Um, but my Pete Holmes has this whole joke about companies firing their bottom 10%, so he fires his bottom 10%, which makes me laugh every time. <laughs> um, but, but some friends you have to, and so I would just say you have to have boundaries. Some friends you can be around them, your engagement then just becomes limited. If you're with somebody and you spend the next two days recovering, that should probably tell you something. Sure. If you're with somebody and it takes you three days to detoxify from all of the things you picked up, then at some point you have issues of stewardship. You have work to do in the world. And if you come home so frustrated that you have to process with your partner for the next four days, that's not a friendship, that's something else. And you should pay attention to that. So what do you do if it's family? Well, what's interesting is a lot of people were taught persecution is like, you know, atheists are going to be hostile to your Jesus. <laughs> um, when Jesus is talking about persecution, he's talking about tribe. So what happens is you grow 
the eyes of your heart are enlightened. And uh, what used to fit in a box no longer fits in a box. And the thing that you were handed by your tribe, family, authority figures, spiritual leaders, academics, the thing that you were handed isn't big enough, resilient enough, wide enough, complex enough, free enough, inclusive enough. Once you see, you can't unsee. And once you taste, you can't untaste. That's how consciousness works. So a lot of your listeners, I imagine, have been listening to you and the thing that they, where they're coming from, they can't stay there. And that's the thing is you can't, you can't go We back. actually talked about that just this last podcast yeah. we did this week. I had this thought this past week of my own life and what it's been like. And it's, it's been like, you've been raised eating tomatoes from a grocery store. And so you think you've had tomatoes and they're fine. <laughs> and then you have an heirloom tomato from like a garden. And yes. you realize at that moment you've never really had tomatoes. Yes. And you really don't want to go back to eating the tomatoes from right. the grocery store. Right, right. So with new tomatoes, <laughs> to get further, um, you can't go back. And not everybody is interested in new tomatoes or has tasted the other tomatoes. Right. And you can actually work against their desire to try the new tomatoes by keep shoving it in their face. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so you'll notice that the, the people who have really tasted something extraordinary generally hold it close unless somebody honestly has a bunch of questions. Yeah. Because you can work against somebody else's growth, maturity, and expansion. Yeah. And so at some level, certain conversations you don't have because it's, it's not going to go anywhere helpful or interesting. And then the hardest thing in the world, which by the way, every single city I've been to this year, Somebody asked this exact question. Really? Everybody is asking this question about consciousness. Uh, families, tribes, churches, towns, cities, workplaces have a center of gravity of consciousness. Yeah. It is the dominant lens through which reality is viewed. If you grow, expand, see things in a new way, the exact moment of your increase and in expansion is the exact place of conflict with your tribe. And tribes our systems and function in a pretty straightforward way you will the first thing is to shame like what are you what are you doing like what are you talking about what are you reading that for like we're kind of we're, we have concerns about your theology <laughs> so there's a shame if the shaming doesn't work then we move to wooing come on man blood is thicker than water yeah, right. I brought you into this world through my loins uh, or the or the classic and family's everything. <laughs> or we went to school together, or I changed your diapers, or so if shaming doesn't work and wooing doesn't work, then it then the system has to shun. Because institutions always bend towards self-preservation. So institutions are rarely like, what are these new ideas that you're entertaining? Please right. tell us the name of the Let's start a book club. We would love <laughs> to turn this whole ship around. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. generally is we cannot allow you to remain in this new place that you're in. Because consciousness at some level is about place. Or people will say, I'm in a new place. Yeah. Well, with the very nature of a new place is it's not the old place. You're not there. Whether we're talking about geography or just mindset, yeah. the hardest thing in the world is when you have division within your own tribe, family, friends, which I would argue is why Think of how much of the New Testament the dominant question is, who is my family? Hmm. 
Like think about your question and how, what do you have all these images, adoption, sons, daughters, um, who is my family? Anyone who, I mean, you, you literally with Jesus. Yeah, yeah. who is my, my mother and brother. Yes, and, the, and, all of these images, the reason why these images keep coming up is because these are the questions. The questions then are the questions now. Yeah. It's all the same questions. Yeah, it, it, you'll, it, you'll reread a lot of those sacred texts differently when you realize the thing that we're all talking talking about or the thing that I'm struggling with is the exact thing that's in play here. Yeah. You mentioned on one of your podcasts that one of the more influential books in your life was Honest to God. Yeah, John, John Robinson. I read that. It took me like three weeks to get through it. <laughs> like I, I, had, I had to go back and read the same page like four times. It's like 114 yeah, pages. Yeah, it's nothing. There's and nothing it, to it and it's so oh, thick. It was, it was wonderful. Isn't it? Um, yeah, it's unbelievable. I think it's the densest. Yeah, it was. It's like, one of the densest. I literally had to read certain sections three, four, five times to understand, to really Oh, oh, my no. brain around wow. Was. You're like 10, <laughs> 10 rounds faster than me. <laughs> there are still sections of that book that yeah. I'll just read over and over again. I still don't have Generally, any time Tillett came around, um, yeah. that got pretty thick. And then Bonhoeffer, yeah. and I mean, it was. So you also mentioned there was a second book, but you didn't tell what that book was. Is there, was there another book that you, you, it was a book you alluded to? Chapter 3 of The Divine Conspiracy by Dallas Willard. Mm -hmm. Great book. Was yep. huge. Um, Heschel's book on Sabbath also did some stuff to me. Um, Kushner's book, God Was in This Place and I, I did not know. And one of the most influential books to me was Christopher Miller's Lamb, The Gospel According oh, to Bread. I've read, read it once. I've read it five times. Okay, see, I'm with, I'm with brothers here. I don't yeah. have a beard, but I'm with brothers. Um, <laughs> I've read it five times. Yeah. It's Your my favorite, brother. My favorite yeah. novel of all time. Yeah, God Laughs and Plays. It's a David James Duncan book that's it was quite astounding. You mentioned The Signature of All Things at one point, somewhere down the road, I don't remember where. Yeah, my friend Elizabeth Gilbert wrote a novel called The Signature yeah, of All Things. I just finished it last night. Kind of, oh, I finished it about six months ago. It's kind of stunning. It is really good. It's not my style at all. It was a wonderful book. Like, just a beautiful, really yeah. written book. Yeah, and the question that sort of sits at the heart of it. One last question. It was a reader question. What's, we know you take a ton of criticism, and I know you don't pay attention to it's a lot of It's not a it. part of my life. Right. So I don't can know you, what that is. Can you think of a time... What's the funniest? Oh, I know. I know the funniest thing. I was in a meeting and somebody handed me a stack of papers in July of 2005. So I started going through and I couldn't figure out what these little weird paragraphs were. And they had photocopied the Amazon reviews oh, of my <laughs> oh, first book, Velvet Elvis. So I, I, it took me a couple of pages to realize what it was. And then I was like, this is not helping anything. I remember something about how... The interior cover glued bonded pages were gray. <laughs> that's I remember all you need to know about yeah. this guy is it's gray. <laughs> and the lettering was gray, I think, too. And uh, the designer for that book was this extraordinary Danish designer, uh, Rene de Hancanetti. I absolutely love design. And when we had taught, I mean, I don't know how many hours we had spent talking about design and, and the publisher had never just had the author's designer do a book. I mean, so there's all this sort of backstory and all of our discussion about placement and how to do something that we had. We would go to the bookstore and discuss um, all the books that we saw. And then we would, I remember making a mock cover and putting it on a shelf in a bookstore and then taking pictures of it. This is how meticulous this like, designer is, like absolute, a-level designer. 
and uh, the green and orange, you're like, oh, white with good. So all the subtlety, I mean, the amount of discussion and the fact that somebody was like, <laughs> I love that that's I mean, all things you need pretty, to know. Things are pretty clear. They're, things are black and white, but then this book, it's all gray. That is so awesome. <laughs> that's great. That is so awesome. That is good. <laughs> Thank you very much for coming on. Well, I, really I think it's it. great what you're doing. I, I can already sense that your listeners, you're letting everybody know that they're not alone. And that's a beautiful thing. It's a really, really important thing. So it's an honor to be with you. You oh, effectively man. ruined our lives in Wisconsin about 13 years ago. Oh, in the best uh, possible. You're, the best you're possible welcome? Way. Yeah. What, what exactly no, was, was, was That was where, for us, like, mm. the journey sort of began to deconstruct and sort of deconstruct. Uh, it was a yeah. week-long retreat at Honey Rock Camp in Wisconsin. Oh, wow. I it was a summer there. It was and, the material uh, you did that officially basically became Velvet Elvis. And you were there and taught for about eight hours a day. I, I know there's no way you'd ever remember it. Wow. It was we 13 were, 14 We were both there. And it, I mean, it was the watershed moment yeah. of our ministry at the time and what it ended up Our listeners are bored because we've mentioned this like four times. Yeah, like we've mentioned it. And it, yeah. that was the moment where I go, I can question things. And... Oh, you have to. We would go back. You don't. We would, wrong. we would go back to the the cabin that at night, <laughs> and we looked at each other. And went, it's never going to be the same. Yeah. And it oh, never the same. man! Immediately and, went back and started teaching my high school students that all that uh, way of the rabbi stuff, fall, you know, the dust. Yeah. And started teaching all that stuff. And we Numa had, started came out. I started popping Numas in. I mean, I was. It was all, and it. That's where it all started. Yeah. Yeah. I listened so, to your Love Wins uh, sermon that you did probably a good 10, 15 times. And then the sermon you gave, this is totally bizarre, where you were uh, making salsa on stage. <laughs> Listen to that sermon. I remember that too. I keep waiting for a, a, you, um, a podcast with salsa making. The salsa, I was chopping up tomatoes in that sermon. Yeah. And the jalapenos, I wasn't paying attention and rubbed my eyes. Oh gosh. And I'll never forget going blind it went dark my eyes were on fire and it i it, i had to close them because they were they were on because i had rubbed both eyes i wasn't hurt for anything and they had to lead me out at the end of the sermon that's incredible so i was in, but i'll never forget it's three and a half thousand people yeah. and i was on a stage and everybody can see me and i'm talking but i'm i have to close, i'm but i'm blinded it was so helpless, and there was this guy named Doug Berenger, this like weightlifter dude, and he held me under an industrial, like a pressure kitchen hose, like an industrial kitchen hose, and turned it on high, and these dudes held the eyelids open, and just like, because they're like, because you have another service. <laughs> We appreciate it very much, and anything that we've given to our listeners is a direct. <laughs> it is. It's a direct. You're, you're quoted often. Well, you know, but it's a direct. So, uh, yeah. It has directly to do with the influence you have had on all three of us. Yeah, so we are literally you. seconds away from being Chris Farley interviewing um, Paul McCartney. Yeah, you're Paul McCartney. Remember that time when? <laughs> well, we, inter- we interviewed Science Mike we, during his podcast tour when he released the book, and couple of our listeners like Man, you guys were totally fanboying the whole time it's like we thought we were like we thought we, we were strange objective well, journalism yeah, yeah right right yeah so but we we appreciate it thank you for the time thank my you for pleasure time. thank you my pleasure, pleasure. 
All right, let's go into feedback. So uh, we do not have any five-star reviews this week. So uh, get on that, peeps. Shame on all of you. Yep. Um, but give us the, uh, the the reviews on the iTunes. Yep. Five-star. We're not reading anything other than five-star. <laughs> we might. Who knows? No, we won't. No, uh, we won't. We won't. We'll read it. We just won't yeah. read it on air. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I'm going to get into some Twitter feedback. Um, we've got a few new people. So uh, Sean P. Clay, that's Sean P. Clay, uh, wrote at Pastors Podcast, loving the podcast. You guys are hilarious. And the depth of conversation <laughs> slash interviews are great. Thank you. Thanks, buddy. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate um, that. Sean also slid into our DMs and uh, <laughs> found out he is a poet. So yeah, that was really was good. good. Actually, yeah. yeah, I did read that. That yeah. was really well done. Yeah. Yep. So not, I was confused. I was a little foggy. Was that based on one of our episodes, or did just something he had written so. that? Yeah, I think went along kind of with. I think our episode reminded him. Okay. Of the poem. I was. That's why I was a little confused. Anyway, it was good. But Sean, if you would like to, you know, write a poem about us, we will read it on air. If yes. we if we are your muses. Yes. <laughs> <If we, laughs> Which I'm sure we are. I'm sure because yep. if we're anything, we're muses. Yes. Um, Inspiring generations to come. <laughs> uh, Angie Whitley um, wrote, Hi, Angie. Pastors Podcast. LOL, OL. Quote. Laugh out loud, out loud. Smell a belly button, unquote. <laughs> oh, God. God. That was such a gr- Like, I wanted to fast forward. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, <laughs> Eric R. Riddle um, at Indiana Eric, who is now an official turd. In the, the yes, pastor's pub, um, wrote brilliant comparison to Israel's kingdom um, to today's institutional church. Hashtag, you say you can, but you don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then in regards to uh, urine on the skin, <laughs> at uh, Rob Bell's on our podcast. <laughs> At Jettison Inc. wrote at Pastors Podcast. Did this to my college roommate once. It didn't help his complexion. <laughs> uh, Richard Jacobson at Richard Jacobson, uh, guest of the podcast, said thanks for the great interview. It was a lot of fun. Hashtag Lemon Pepper Chicken Head. <laughs> so unfortunately, he thank didn't you, Richard. To the Richard episode. is a wonderful person. Yes, I want to meet him in real life sometime. Yeah. And he's in the he's in the Pastors. Yeah, yeah, he is. Um. Friend of the podcast, Joshua Casey. Uh, I say he's friends, but he's not my friend. He's your friend. Yes. Yeah. Um, Thank he you would, for being a friend, yeah. Joshua. Traveling down the road and <laughs> back, back again. Um, at Pastors Podcast, new segment idea. At Polly Name Brad, at Polly Name Matt, each get one moment per episode to quit. <laughs> E.g. belly buttons. There's at least three or four of those per episode. You only get one. Call this. Not sure. Call it quit. Not sure man. one's like, going to do it. Yeah. I think you both have quit on this podcast at one point or another. Have you? No. Oh, no. I've tried to quit multiple times. No. Well, I mean, really tried to quit. I care about our listeners. Though. I've tried to quit a couple times. Yeah. yeah. Brad, Brad definitely has tried to quit. Mm-hmm. I thought about just quitting and going solo, taking it taking it on the road. <laughs> Nobody wants that shit. Don't even try it. <laughs> um, and then he also wrote, also never wanted to punch someone so bad while <laughs> laughing uncontrollably till mbop. <laughs> you know, I listened to that again and... It's me. Okay. Yeah. Uh, 
I listened to that again the other day, and actually was pretty funny. It was. It was definitely it more funny than it was live. I'll tell yeah, you. That. It was one of those comedic things where, like, the longer it goes, the funnier. I was like, literally it's, ready it's to funny. Cu- I was ready to cut your throat. It's but funny. I listened to it on the road. Then it stops was, being funny. Then it, it starts funny. being funny again. Yeah. yeah. It was. It was. It was pretty good. Yeah, I did practice that several times before. I did <laughs> that. That's I really, what's actually funny. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, Ray, <laughs> to the surprise of literally nobody. Yeah. Uh, Ray yeah. at Galactic Wonderlust said, "You're opening hearts and minds like the Jedi in the institution, saying, Rebel scum.'" <laughs> <laughs> Nathan Miller West uh, said, "Hashtag Michael, get away from the mic. Oh, back away from the mic. Polly Brothers, get in closer." We had this discussion earlier. We'll yeah. see if it happened. Probably not. Probably not. <laughs> I've tried. Um, he also said. Um, hold on, let me find it. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he wrote, uh, it's okay. He said, uh, hashtag lemon pepper chicken head. It's okay. Hashtag Michael's a millennial. So am I a really old one. Hashtag 1982. So like the Taylor Swift album. <laughs> I don't think it was 82. I think it was 86 maybe. I don't know. I do not I've listen to never Taylor Swift. Welcome to New York. da 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 just let him go. I know. Yep. Here comes He's the leg humper. <laughs> let me know when you're done. <laughs> Old right. leg humper. Uh, Janet Murray Walker wrote, um, that was the most violent Tinder moment I've ever experienced. Hashtag LPCH. Hashtag Mbop. Hashtag Nope. <laughs> nope. I really like that. Nope. We, we really need to probably do a parody song called Nope. 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 <laughs> Way to fuck it up, Michael. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, Mindy Michelle at Mindy M Project. Hi, Mindy Michelle. Hi. Um, said, what a heartbreaking rendition of Mbop by the Pastors Podcast. I feel like all of renditions of Mbop are heartbreaking. I'm to be completely honest. The three of you, three handsome brothers, Halloween. No. Question mark. No. Never. Yeah. We have too much beardage. Yeah, not going to happen. Not going to happen. Yeah. Although Michael would be the nine-year-old drummer. <laughs> I would. I would totally be the nine-year-old drummer. <laughs> Mainly because his balls haven't dropped yet. <laughs> <laughs> and scene. And people say I'm the troll in this in the show. You can shut it down. It's over. Oh, gosh. Shut the podcast down. Just fades to black. Thin. You know, you can plant a <laughs> like flower. A, like a German Indian. You can film. plant a rose. You can plant any one of those. But guess what? Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, closing, closing time. Rate us on iTunes. Subscribe to us on iTunes. Check out our website, ingloriouspastards.com. Give us that five star review, oh too, while you're in iTunes. Uh, support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash podcast. Now it's that time of the week where we go into the hashtags. I'm just oh. going to get closer to the mic while they're laughing. Oh, boy. I'm sweating. Yes, so am I. Sweaty. Oh, my gosh. Matt, why don't you read my hashtags? Okay. I gave them to you. Uh, I've got, uh, well, I had three. I had hashtag snake jokes. Snake jokes. Hashtag tarantula, tarantula hawk. I don't know why that's funny. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing funny about an insect laying eggs and, no. <laughs> and then bursting out like alien. <laughs> or, or Michael on his wedding night. <laughs> hashtag. You said it, not me. <laughs> hashtag sting zone. And then you had uh, hashtag two inch stinger. 
But we just did double stinger, so we yeah. can't, can't yeah, do we can't. triple stinger. Oh, man. Um, <laughs> hashtag something eggy about it. <laughs> I really like There's that There's just one. something about that egg. <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, hashtag uh, didn't help the com- didn't help his complexion. <laughs> uh, hashtag Brad's tiny baby nose. Oh yeah. And then uh, hash I added another one. Hashtag Michael's balls haven't dropped. <laughs> <laughs> there is zero point zero chance that's gonna go. Not on the Rob Bell podcast. Come on, guys. <laughs> that's what we tag it is. Michael's balls haven't dropped. <laughs> no. Uh, I've got the Rob Bell interview reference, the hashtag meat suit. Yes, yeah, but which we, we already use itchy meat suit. Yeah, yeah. we use so, itchy meat suit. Uh, we've got hashtag inception candy, a.k.a. the Kit Kat, because <laughs> it's made of Kit Kats inside of Kit Kats. Uh, hashtag platypie, um, which I just wrote plate a pie. I don't know. Mm-mm. No, that's not how P-L-A-T-Y. Yeah, that's that's not right. <laughs> and then my favorite hashtag, very tiny baby nose. <laughs> it's got to be that one. L- yeah, I'm fine with that. Little tiny baby button nose. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so very um, tiny baby nose. Very yeah. tiny baby nose. Um, if you've listened to this podcast all the way through, if you're God, new to the God podcast, bless you. God bless America, especially on this night that the debate is happening. We don't have debate coverage on here because, number one, we're not watching it. Number two. Um, number three, we checked out a long time yeah. ago. <clears throat> um, yeah. Follow, uh, so hit us up with that hashtag, very tiny baby nose, at <laughs> Pastor's Pod. pod Pobcast. Blur, blur, blur. <laughs> at Pastor's Pod. Blurbcast. At Pastor's Podcast on Twitter. <laughs> Uh, at Polly named Brad. At Polly named Matt. And then on Facebook.com slash slash Pastards Podcast. Um, any final parting words? Nope, I'm good. No, I'm good, man. All right. Now it's that time where we go into just the tip of the week. Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> Here we go. So I guess this time you're really living. I heard your suitcase say goodbye. As my broken heart lies bleeding, you say true love is suicide. You say you've cried a thousand rivers, and now you're swimming for the shore. You left me drowning in my tears, and you won't save me anymore. And now I'm praying to God you'll give me one more chance. I want you to remember, I'll be there for you. These five words, I swear to you. When you breathe, I want to be the air for you. I'll be there for you. I'd live and I'd die for you. I'd steal the sun from the sky for you. Words can't say what love can do. I'll be there for you. Sam Borna solo, I'm pretty sure, <laughs> with a talk box. <laughs> wow, 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 wow. Perfect timing. 
epic harmonica solo. I think that's it. I think it's yeah, pretty good. good. Yeah, that's All probably right. good. We're gonna go ahead and kill this. <laughs> <laughs> See you next week. <laughs>